Hey, good morning. My name is Aaron Murray. I'm the development director at Adult and Teen Challenge in Brandon, Manitoba. And yeah, I'm happy to be here. I think we've, I've been coming here the past three, four years, and each year my life has gotten a lot different. And you now even myself, now I got a crazy three-year-old and a cute little nine-month-old, uh, two daughters, and God has just continued to work in my life, and I 100% believe in Adult and Teen Challenge and what God is doing here. Um, you know, for the past couple of years, I feel like a lot of us have faced the craziness of COVID and just being isolated and just facing whatever challenges we've faced, and it's nice to be able to gather in churches, so thank you for that. Thank you for having us. It's good for us to be able to share with one another, share our testimonies, even at Teen Challenge. And it's powerful because once you say it out loud, you believe it. And so, yeah, for those of you that don't, that don't know about Adult and Teen Challenge, we typically, we have our long-term programs for men and women. And so we have a women's center just northwest of Brandon. And we are building more and more community offices in Brandon and Winnipeg and Swan River in Dryden and Winkler and Steinbeck because everyone can't come to a long-term program. And so I feel like we've been missing a lot of people that need help with addictions. So now we're doing these weekly support groups where we can help men, women, families on a weekly basis, and we've been seeing a lot of success with that. We're also looking into doing a short-term program and possibly even a detox in Winnipeg to start. And so I think that's going to be amazing, and I think it's necessary I remember 10 years ago when I looked for help, there wasn't much help to be found unless I wanted to wait for three to six months or go into a two-week program. So I think that we're going to help fill a void in, in the systems that... So, yeah, I'd like to invite Angela up here. She's going to share her story. So, yeah, why don't you guys just welcome Angela? Hi everybody, uh, my name is Angela. I'm in the one-year program in Brandon in the Winneman Center. Um, so I guess everything kind of started for me young. Um, by the age of five or six years old, um, I was either being abused mentally, physically, or sexually. So um, it didn't start off good for me. Um, by the age of 15, I had thought I knew it all. I just wanted to get out of my house, and so I moved out with my boyfriend at the time who um, was very abusive mentally, physically, and so I numbed the pain. Um, I never knew anything uh, but that. I got out of that relationship when I was 18, and I had moved to Saskatchewan. My grandfather had gotten really sick, so I went there to look after him, and I met my husband at the time. Um, I was 19 years old. I was in and out of treatment programs, um, just basically um, trying to use or numb the pain to the point where I didn't have to feel anymore. At the age of 22, I had finally gotten sober, and I was sober for 12 years. I have um, a son who's 15 and a daughter who's 8. Um, I was sober for 12 years of my son's life, and... Um, we had bought an acreage, we had the $300,000 house, we had the new vehicles, we had, the kids had everything they wanted, and there was still just always something missing. Anyway, when I was um, 
when I didn't have the kids on the weekend, which ended up on a really slippery slope. And at the end, um, I was being trafficked. Um, I was held for a week in a hotel room. I thing and I seen. I went to my mom's, and I had just got off IV. I was really sick, and I had heard of Adult and Teen Challenge, and I had called them. They got me in within. I think it was two or three days. I delayed it a bit longer, as much as I could, but they got me in really quick, checked up on me every day. So kind of get my kids to have a chance at life again, because they never, they never seen me drink, they never seen me use, they never knew I had a problem. It was just one weekend, mom was gone and that was it. So coming in there, I was broken. Um, I've been there now for, I'm going to be starting my eighth month soon, and I learned who God is, <laughs> um, and I learned that he's been there um, the whole time. I just never, um, I never knew anything. When I go to go to church when I was younger, I'd get made fun of, so it was, it was, I'm still learning. Um, I've had a couple of really good revelations, and he's, um, I feel it. There's times where I want to run and I want to go back to what I know, but I have two beautiful best friends in the program that are here with me today that help pull me through, and Aaron and Tara, who actually care about the women there, and a family, a fellowship, who actually, they love you, and they, they make you feel wanted. So I'm a work in progress, but I've been eight months sober so far, and restoration has begun with my family. Um, he's begun healing things inside of me that are painful to go through, but every day it's it's getting better. I'm growing stronger, um, and I just have to stick it out to the end of the year, and then I might go into surge and maybe keep going. But, um, yeah, I'm just glad to be here, and I'm glad to be in a church, and I feel all important up here. <laughs> And I love Jesus, so I'm going to introduce my beautiful friend, Elba. Thank you. Hello, my name is Elba. This is my first time actually giving my testimony in front of a congregation, so like, bear with me. Um, so I was born in Nicaragua. Um, in 1992, my father and his father were alcoholics and I actually lived with their family with my mom. When I was four years old, my parents got separated and I went to live with my grandpa. My, gra my mom lived with us for a while, but we really didn't have much to eat, so she had to go somewhere else to, to get more money for us. And so I would not see my mom too often and my dad sometimes would go visit me, but he stopped when I was six. Um, I was at church all the time because my grandfather was a pastor. Uh, there was a lot of, I guess there was some abuse in between the family because we had a big family and some things that nobody really knew about. When I was about eight years old, my mom had met a new man and there was a baby on the way, and so I went to live with her. And we stopped going to church. Um, 
Then I guess we went to live with his family and when I was about 10 years old, my stepdad came here and he kind of, we started the process for the whole family to come to Canada. Um, I came to Canada when I was 12. I had to come by myself because of some paper issues and I had to live with my stepdad for a bit which finally we started I guess to kind of like know each other. When I was 15, after my quinceanera, which is my celebration for my 15th birthday, I started going to church again. Nobody to talk to, or, you know, the things would happen, and a lot of times they were a secret because I had nobody to listen. I used to cry a lot when my mom left, but nobody really paid much attention to that. So I had a lot of, I guess, resentment over, like, things that happened, things that I couldn't talk about. And there. Um, but things at home weren't very happy. My parents were fighting all the time. I was babysitting all the time, and if I wasn't babysitting, I was at school, and I had a part-time job. And then when my parents were at home, they were fighting a lot. So I had to babysit even when they were at home. Um, I got a job afterwards, but in between all that time, I was with my feelings. I would try to numb. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome what God's doing at Adult and Teen Challenge. And there's, I don't know right now, like 12 other women in the program. I know our men's center is full in Thunder Bay, and our women's center is full. So God is continuing to change lives. And really, Adult and Teen Challenge is in 120-plus countries around the world that's doing this. So God's at work changing broken, lost people. And if there wasn't a ministry like this, I'd be dead, I'd be in jail, I'd be tearing up Killarney or Binscarth is where I was from, and you guys probably wouldn't appreciate that. So it's probably a good place that there's somewhere like this where we can get hope and freedom from addictions. And so we can go to the next slide there. That's the women's house. Uh, recently, for the past couple of years, I was the store manager at the Super Thrift Store. Has anyone been there? Awesome. Thank you for your support. I say that anyone can help support us. If you got an extra t-shirt, pair of jeans that you don't use anymore, we'll take it, we'll sell it. All the proceeds go towards helping our programs. Um, if you ever want a tour, come see me after. I've been giving tons of tours recently to just show the property. And so yeah, every day we see people walk into our store, drunk or high, so we're in the perfect place where we can help minister to people, give them hope, and just share, like, hey, I used to be in your shoes, come come have a conversation and like let's just get this ball rolling for you to change your life. Um, so that's pretty cool. At first I was kind of like, man, why downtown? We can go to the next slide. So in the basement of our thrift store, it used to be all furniture if you've been there. Currently we're doing a big renovation. We bought the building last year and so it's a 26,000 the thrift store has had heating and cooling on the main sales floor space, but not in the warehouse in the basement. So especially the past, especially last summer, it was extremely dry and super hot. So working in the warehouse when it was plus 30 or 40 was super not fun <laughs> for our people in the program, our employees, our volunteers. So now that we bought the building, we're in investing into it. And so if you guys can partner with us I mean, that's a, it's pretty expensive. <laughs> so also in the basement, we're doing Freedom Church. So that was going on for probably three to five months before our renovations. And yeah, we, it would be me and the team 
kind of just like this, sharing testimonies, and we just invite people from the community to come to church, and, you know, some people might not feel comfortable coming to church, so we're just a bunch of the oddballs. <laughs> we're just wanting to bring people like that into our church. It's on Sunday nights at 6.30. We're not doing it right now because it's completely being renovated. We can go to the next slide. But if you guys are interested in that, come, come talk to us more about that. So yeah, now it kind of looks like this. Um, in the basement where we're doing the community office, we got two offices that are being uh, built. One big boardroom where we can do the weekly meetings for men, women, families. Two bathrooms, and then the Freedom Church space is just being upgraded. So yeah, I think that this is going to be a very big need. I don't know of any other space like this in Brandon. I met with a guy from Youth for Christ last week, and he's got like the same thing going like down the street, but for youth. But this is our target audience is adults. So also just working together with the different agencies and organizations, that's what we need to do. And just as a community, I don't know like what your community is like. Maybe it, they all work together, but I just feel like sometimes Minnesota's life, and that's what I'm interested in doing. Um, so it's going pretty good. The next slide, picture of a, a wall. So why do I have a picture of a wall? This wall, we during our renovations, we're putting the HVAC in. Our contractor, seeing that it was like off a little bit, and so we had an engineer come in this past week, and he's like, "Yep, confirmed." <laughs> and so that's an exterior wall in our warehouse. You can go to the next slide. You can see it from the outside, and we can go to the next slide. We're trying to raise $100,000 in the next couple of weeks to fix this because it needs to be, it's, it's an unforeseen expense that, needs, but yeah, it's a real need. That just happened this past week, but we're getting it out there. And you know, if, if you can give 20 bucks, 50 bucks. You guys like fishing, this is one of our fundraisers through Teen Challenge USA. So we do different fundraising events. Our program isn't funded by the government because we're faith-based, and so we're gonna continue to keep the faith in it. And so we need your guys' support with events. This is a great one for every $500 you raise, you get a chance to win a $20,000 Lund boat, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's on June 18th. If you need more info, just again, come talk to me. Um, the next one, we're doing our golf tournament at Shiloh this year on Monday, June 20th. So if anyone likes golfing, so pray for us. Like every day, it's a battle in this type of ministry. I feel like Satan obviously wants to destroy us, what we're doing. Like change is actually happening, and it's just, it's amazing. But there's always some kind of obstacle, like the wall or this or that. And just each, for each student and staff member for that matter, there's always something where it's like the enemy's just throwing darts at you and... Donations, you can give financially, you can give your vehicle, you can give your t-shirt that you don't wear anymore. Um, yeah, if you got time, you can come volunteer. If anyone's wondering, like, man, I just wish God could use me, or I just wish I don't have anything to do. Well, I got a job for you. At the Super Thrift Store, <laughs> we're always doing something. We could always use extra volunteers or work alongside the ladies and 
it's just a fun time. And then, yeah, we're always hiring different positions, so you can visit our website for that, for the employment opportunities. Okay, doing good for time. <laughs> so, you can go to the next slide there. I don't know how many of you have heard my story. I'll just share it really quick, and then I'll share a short uh, message. But my name's Aaron Murray. I'm from Binscarth by Russell. I was adopted when I was three weeks old. I grew up, my parents are white. I'm First Nation, and uh, yeah, just and yeah, I just struggled with that. And I went to a church. I grew up on a farm. Like I had every chance of success, and still, like I remember being eight, nine, ten, just loving Jesus, loving God. I hated alcohol because there was people in my family that were alcoholics, and they were just jerks. And I just said I'd never do it, and. I think it was in grade, yeah, grade nine, going into Russell, just the need to fit in. I started drinking, smoking, fighting, doing whatever to fit in and be a can. I've blacked out hundreds of times and just that shame, depression, and oh, I'm an idiot in the small little town. That's where addiction brought me, and it brought me to that place when I was 18 years old. And right before Teen Challenge, and I'm like, senior challenge? I thought this was teen challenge in downtown Winnipeg. And it wasn't this that picture of the big, nice blue house. Like, it's in the heart of downtown Winnipeg. Sky there the whole year. And you get there, and it's kind of intimidating. Like, there's a bunch of big guys that have been in gangs and jails and tattoos all over their face and neck. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, where am I? Maybe I don't have addictions like this. And so, anyways, God really started 2013, and I went to a Bible college, Teen Challenge Bible College in Georgia for two and a half years, and that's where I met my wife, Tara, which you can go to the next slide. But God has continued to bless my life and continue to be involved in my life. And 10 years ago, I didn't think I'd be standing in Killarney Church sharing my testimony. Like, I just went to Teen Challenge to get sober. And if God can change my life, he can change anyone's life. And if you guys have people like that in your community, that's like, oh, this guy's never going to change. Yeah, this guy changed, and people like that can change. It just takes people coming alongside them and believing in them and supporting them. So, yeah, praise God, he did it all. And now I have got meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult, to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with the righteous, one will live by faith. And I take no but we And I was just going to go over 10 questions, so we can go to that. Um, just one second here. So yeah, are we confident to enter the most holy place? Now, are we confident uh, to talk to God in my kind? And you kind of need to be childlike. 
when when following God. So just something to think about. Are you are we confident to enter the most holy place or are we kind of walking in shame and fear? Um, that's the next question. Are we walking in freedom or shame or guilt? When I'm walking pressed on you and you're carrying this everywhere you go and into every interaction that you have with people, like are you walking in freedom or are you walking in shame and guilt with your head low and my life sucks and poor me and you know, like, are you, which, which way are you walking? Um, can anyone relate to that? Yeah, a couple people. Um, are we drawing near to God with a sincere heart? Like, how many of us actually connect with God on a daily basis rather than just at church? Like, it's so easy. Even myself, it's just so easy. Like, I worked for God at Teen Challenge. Like, is that enough? Like, I really, we really need to connect with God at the Teen Challenge program, spend it with God, pray, and it starts your day off right, right? And it makes a difference. How many of us are doing that? Um, because without God, our lives fall apart really quickly. The fourth question, do we live with a guilty conscience or with a free conscience? Like, that makes a total difference in how we operate every day. Are we walking in freedom? Critical and judgmental. I can be the critical and judgmental guy. When I was at the store, I oversee, like, it's a lot easier <laughs> to sit at home and zoom in forever. And I get that some people, it's like, they have to important. Like, it's nice to see, like, a full body of her. Like, it's great to go to the church Bible study group and the AA meetings or whatever, but lost in today's age. I'm trying to just do that for myself. And I can make all the excuses in the world for myself too. Like, no, I'm busy. Like, I've, I've met with people all week. Like, I don't have time for friends. But no, it's important. Like, we need to do it. So if you're doing that, stop making excuses. Um, do we see the day approaching of Jesus's return? <laughs> uh, that's good in the sense of I feel like we are in the end times and every time I talk to that, everyone's like, well, we don't know the day or the, the thing and they kind of just reject that just to come back sometimes, you know, it's my will be done, you know, I want to see my kids grow up. Be ready for Jesus's return. Are you a little bit more encouraged to speak up and tell someone, your neighbor in the community about Jesus and that they need to be saved. You're only saved through Jesus. So are you, are you guys doing that? Am I doing that? And naturally, I'm shy. Like, step out of your comfort zone, and it'll be amazing what God... Because that one verse was actually pretty sobering. I read that, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, Jesus, help me to please just continue following you. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. So, you know... Every day we got to choose to follow Jesus. We can't just say, Jesus changed my life and I'm just going to drink myself to death every day. Like, I don't do that. <laughs> you know, we got to change our actions. Are we doing that? Or are we, have we become stale? Um, just a couple more. Are we willing to be publicly exposed to insult and persecution? Because I feel like a lot of churches and just people in general... You know, we water down the gospel and we water down what the Bible says to fit our needs so we don't offend anyone. And 
I'm not doing that because I don't want to, you know, anyone that's speaking about the Bible and you do that, like, you're going to meet with God one day, and I don't know how he feels about us just changing what he says or, or watering it down, and so I don't think, and there's many issues nowadays that nobody talks about, it's too, too offensive, but we need to be, and yeah, just something to think about. Are you are you watering down the gospel? Are you living a life where you don't challenge your friends? Like I have friends where if I complain, they're not being like, "Yeah, Teen Challenge sucks." If I had a bad day or this sucks, you know. Like I have friends that are like, "No, Aaron, you need to like grow up a little bit." Like I have friends around me that are challenging to me. I have friends that want to join in your pity party, hate on everybody, or do you have friends that are like pointing you to God? I think that each one of us is called by God to do something. So are you doing that? Are you doing that at your workplace? You know, for example, Michelle said that nobody ever told Jesus that changes and saves people's lives forever. That's what we believe, right? That we're, it's eternal life. And like Michelle said, like we should be like telling people, like there should be some urgency. And even for myself over the past couple of years, it's just kind of like, Society closed up in my path because we were those people. And yeah, thanks again, Pastor Danny and Vern, for having us out here. Really appreciate it. And yeah, I'll just uh, turn it over to Pastor Danny. Thank you.